Talk, talk to me. WSRadio.com Welcome to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. Well, hello and welcome. Thank you for joining us. You are listening to Computer and Technology Radio. I am Mark Cohen. She is Marsha Collier. And we've got some fascinating stories today, like the new Bing Chat GPD, which is GPT, which is all over the news, uh, Starlink's global roaming, and hey, Windows on Macs. That's kind of cool. How was your week? Uh well, Windows on Macs has been around for a while, but it was became kind of stilted, and there's some good news there. Right. Uh, week was good. Been busy. Uh, selling incredibly successfully on eBay, because I'm in nice. the middle. Um, I think I can say it to our audience. Um, I'm supposed to be writing a book on Twitter 2.0, but I it kind of got us suspended by the publisher because... Yeah. You know, things are still changing. We'll talk about a couple of things. Uh, you know, it seems like every along. day they're changing. So it's well, you know, at least they're doing something. But it's just pissing me off that I can't yeah, exactly. get to my work. But selling on eBay has become very profitable. Yeah, so I'm happy what are you selling on eBay? Um, I have a bunch of stuff in my buffer that I should up by the end of the day or tomorrow. Uh, I sold my electric violin. I didn't know you had an electric violin. Oh yeah, I used to be a violinist. I didn't know that you either. Used to be in a gosh, symphony. Yeah, you, you were a violinist. Wow. Yeah, and I loved it, but I really wasn't that good. You know, oh. we all have our passions, and I was very passionate about it, and I really loved it. But in the orchestra configuration, each instrument has a last chair. And once a week, once a month, you have to re-audition for your position in an orchestra. Okay. And this is all or- orchestras. And in case you didn't know, the first violinist, that's the one to the left of the conductor, is the concertmaster. Okay. And he's the guy. He's, A, the best violinist there is. And the row of violinists kind of goes down and declining. I used to desperately try to stay in the second to the last position because I knew if I'd made it to the last position, I'd be screwed. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't that good, but I loved it. And and the electric violin, I was really not good at, so I sold that. Well, it's kind of funny. I have a story, a quick story, that will probably lead into you maybe selling this for me on eBay. A few years ago, I hosted Yo-Yo Ma at the Distinguished Speaker Series. And, of course, I always clown around when I'm on stage. And I took out a harmonica and said to the audience, and Yo-Yo and I are going to do a concert after the show. So when I went backstage, one of the women who runs Distinguished Speaker said, why don't you have him autograph your harmonica? Cool. I said, what a great idea. So I have probably the only in the world <laughs> Yo-Yo Ma signed harmonica. I like so, that. I like yeah, how much that. do you think we can get for that? I have no idea. You see, that's the problem with doing eBay well, is throwing things up on the site is fairly easy, mm-hmm. but writing a good description and researching the item deeply. So you see, you know, because you want to price it appropriately. Right. You don't want to screw it up. And unfortunately, people have just slid into bad habits of no description, mm-hmm. basically, and... uh so I find uh, I work on my listings, and they sell. I couldn't believe it. Well, maybe if you'd put this up for like a million bucks, I'll split it with you. 
Not on my account. No. <laughs> hey, it's the only one in the world. And oh, I actually yeah, well, have a picture with him to prove that it, you know that it was signed. Well, we'd have to sell you know sell a picture of that too. Yeah. But exactly. anyway, wait a minute. So, how is your internet doing right now? Uh, now it's great. Uh, now and we're running have, between three hundred and five hundred megabits per second. And so, you have a new service. Uh, yeah, mine's good. You have a new service. What's it called? It's called, um, oh gosh, Beyond Internet, I think it's called. It's a new name, and it's a microwave internet. And, cool. And uh, the new one's been running for about a month now and running great. And is it um, coming from a satellite or a tower? This is a microwave dish from a tower. Interesting. So, yeah. Not cheap. Uh, more expensive, actually, than um, the Starlink that I'm about to talk about. But it is it is expensive. But in our area where I live, we don't have cable. We don't have fiber optics. You're lucky to have running water. We, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're, I'm telling you, we, are not, we have not had a lot of fun. I've talked about it on the air for 20-plus years, that for a long time all I had was DSL, which was 5 megabits per second. Ooh. So getting 500, a little bit better. Also Just a, a lot more expensive, but a You're little right. bit better. Okay, so, you know, so tell it's me, kind of interesting. Tell me uh, Star- about the new Starlink stuff. Well, Starlink, is, for those of you who have been following us, because we've been talking about it for a long time, um, Starlink, SpaceX, they've been providing Internet service for places like the Ukraine. They set up Internet service. But the, the premise for the Starlink service was that they would give you st- uh, internet service in rural areas where most people didn't have a connection or were able to get internet service. Well, they've come out with this new thing. It's called Starlink Global Roaming Service. It's not cheap. It's $200 a month. And it says, according to them, that you can connect from almost anywhere on land in the world. Uh, they're uh, pitches you are invited to try Starlink Global Roaming Service, allowing your Starlink to connect from almost anywhere in the world. Uh, they use interlinking satellite links, uh, which they put as AKA space lasers, cool sounding, and to of provide course. yeah to provide connectivity around the globe. A new technology, high speed, low latency. Um, the one thing I can't find on here is how fast it is. They don't mention the speed. But it's two hundred dollars a month plus their setup fee, which is five ninety nine. You can uh, get a full refund within thirty days. You can cancel or pause the service at any time, and it is available now. Apparently, allegedly, anywhere in the world. Well, they do have a map and uh, showing where it's currently available, and it does cover most of the countries that one would be traveling to. Yeah, I don't. I don't know about Greenland, but you know. <laughs> yeah, this guy was in Greenland that apparently tried to sign up for it previously a couple of years ago. Yeah, so, I don't know. I guess, you know, I guess we'll see where where this goes. Um, the, the tough part is not knowing what your speed is. I suppose if you subscribe, they will tell you what the speed is. Well, you know what the thing is, and we talked about this years ago. But um, this should be like a utility. Um, internet connectivity is important that everybody has a decent signal. And in I believe in some ways this is more important to subsidize from our state mm-hmm. or the federal government because it's a utility. It's like getting gas, electric, water, you know. So, yeah, but that's not on their list. They They have 
much bigger plans to spend our tax money on well, things that yeah. will never help us at all. So, yeah, I mean, these days, the Internet, you know, when, when you and I started playing with the Internet 20 plus or however many years ago it was, it wasn't that important. Now everything we do is connected to the Internet. Exactly. And, you know, and it's very, very important for people to be able to get good service at a reasonable price. And otherwise, you really got a big problem. I mean, when your Internet goes out, and it happens from time to time, you suddenly feel like you're in the 1830s. You well, know, but then you can use your phone, right, yeah. as a hotspot. If you get a connection on your phone, and in the area I'm in, I don't. Ah. So if I can't get Wi-Fi calling, I can't use my phone in the house, my cell phone. So that's a bit of a problem. Yeah, that but, is. you know, we'll see. Uh, but okay, I so think this, this is something that... that Seriously, the government needs to be looking at. We're spending, we hear on the news every day, and we're sending $3 trillion worth. Right. Oh, this isn't in the show, but I have to tell, I, I, I just have to mention it. The balloons that they were shooting down. Yes. You did hear that one was confirmed to be a hobbyist weather balloon. No, I did not see that That was story. put okay. together with $300 worth of parts from oh, Amazon. <laughs> it was a guy. club. Who's a club of nice people who wanted to study weather patterns? Yeah, and we sent a four hundred and fifty thousand dollar Sidewinder missile to shoot it down. <laughs> so that's my opinion on how our government spends our money. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a that's a tough one. Uh, however, the guy's got a great story to tell for the rest of his life. Hey, my yeah. weather balloon got shot down by the Air Force. You know. Yeah, I mean. Re- I, you know, why can't you use bullets? I, hey, I don't bullets. know. I'm not a military person, but I'm somehow you need a pretty long range gun to somehow, be able to shoot something down from four thousand feet above the a earth. A three hundred dollar weather balloon. Yeah, that's funny. And one they can't find. The last story I saw was that one has been lost. They can't find the other one. I know, and that to me is even more bizarre. You know, not being a conspiracy theorist, you can find the damn Titanic. <laughs> but you can't find a weather balloon that you've shot down unless you're too embarrassed that, you know, it was from some local weather station or something like it that. It probably yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Okay. So th- this next story, I have to say, really kind of annoys the hell out of me. Talk to us about the Twitter charge for two-factor okay. authentication. So Twitter two-factor authentication. For those who don't know, this is, for example, uh when you log into a website on a different browser or a different device, it's going to try to authenticate you or it won't let you on. And that's basically what it does. Um, this can be done through SMS, which is your text messages. That's kind of a universal language for everybody, whether you're, you know, Apple or Android or however you are. Um, but there are more advanced versions of it. And I don't know, have you ever had an authenticator app on one of your phones? You know, I think I did at one time. It sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah, uh, and I never used it. Yeah, I don't think I used it either. I think I put it on, tried it maybe for a minute and a half, and never used it. Well, the new technology is a little more expensive to produce. And... uh you know, it does cost them every time they send out a message. The SMS one, maybe not so bad. But, you know, looking at the uh, discussion on the article in The Verge, it was interesting. You know, 
on a pragmatic side of things, this is probably how it all happened. Elon got a yearly bill from a company they used to send out those two-factor authentication SMS codes and asked himself, if my users are using this for their own benefit, why am I the one paying the bill? Which, when you look at it from that perspective... You know, it's uh, you know, if you screw up with a bad password, you know, why is it their fault? Mm-hmm. So, he is including it in the Twitter Blue program, which is $8 a month. Uh do not sign up for Twitter Blue anywhere else but on Twitter Desktop because if you signed up for it on an Apple device, it's going to cost you $11. <laughs> because yeah, Apple takes their cut. Right. But I, mean, but I believe feel? this is something that we should do. And as I get more information on how it is, I couldn't even find it in my Twitter blue. So I had it set up a long time ago. So we'll see. Well, I mean, tell us how you feel about this. I mean, to me, you shouldn't have to pay to secure your account. E- I just I don't I don't think it's necessary. Anybody that wants to have two factor authentication should have it for free. Okay. They shouldn't have to subscribe. And that's a valid, you know, position. <laughs> but, okay, right well, now, tw- but right now this guy is facing $300 million a month in interest payments. And those who are loyal to the platform, you're not helping out Elon personally. You're helping support the platform is the way I look at it. That is so, true. You know, I want Twitter to succeed because I still enjoy Twitter. During the Super Bowl, there was nowhere to go but Twitter to read comments and to, oh, my gosh, I didn't notice that's what Rihanna did. I mean, I just all kinds of things. It's all on Twitter. And Twitter is where you get the fastest news. So I like it. I support it. I'm Twitter blue. What can I say? Even though I had my verification check long before. Well, you did. Uh, You realize, of course, that you just said the Super Bowl, and the one thing about tweeting you said was Rihanna. Nothing about the game, just about Rihanna. Well, I didn't care about the game so much. I cared about the commercials, so I had my little crew. But that's the thing, and we had a crew of people we used to hashtag, and it would come up in search, Super Bowl ads, and we discussed them, and ones we liked, ones we didn't like, it was, you know, I enjoyed it. It It also happened to be just one of the best Super Bowls I've ever seen. Just a great game. Um, so, okay. Um, so did you watch the next, game at all? Yeah, I watched the game. I was okay. busy eating. If you look on Instagram, my daughter, for the first time, made recreated my family recipe. Okay, my recipe. For the Velveeta um, <laughs> cheese football, which is basically Velveeta rolled out like pastry thin. And then that's wrapped around a bunch of other cheeses and spices, and it's damn good. But she she made it for the Super Bowl, and it was. I really cannot good. remember the last time I actually had a slice of Velveeta. I feel like I was maybe five years old. Yeah, me too. Yeah. But I there's something I just love about Velveeta. <laughs> it always reminded me of I don't know plastic or something that hey, wasn't was the, edible. It was the government cheese, basically. Okay. There you go. Wow. I mean. It sustained people for a long time. Anyway, this so, so this other thing is annoying me on many levels. Um, I've been in the internet tech arena for a long time. 
And I have seen and advised startups not to do this. <laughs> but it seems that AliveCore, now those are the people who make the uh, electrocardiogram device where mm-hmm. you put your fingers on it, right. and it's damn accurate, and it's amazing, and you can get a copy of it, and it'll email it to your doctor if your doctor cares to see it. Um, it's a great device. They went to Apple and they said, you know, couldn't we include this in your Apple Watch? You know, and you'd have this truly accurate, um, FDA-approved device. <laughs> and, yeah, that's where the mistake falls. If when you pitch a company you show too much of your technology, um, you're giving away everything. Yeah. And you have to have signed statements. But these people had a lot of trust in Apple, as many people do. And Apple basically blew them off. (laughs) But then in 2018, Apple launched the Apple Watch with a built-in ECG sensor. Okay? And that made all third-party heart monitoring software incompatible with the product, forcing AliveCore to cancel sales of their product to Apple users. Now, yeah, this is just, you know, this is called Sherlocking, where Silicon Valley tech companies monitor innovative technology and then copy it once the use case is demonstrated. Mm-hmm. Now, I have seen this, and I won't mention the companies, I but I could. I've seen this over and over again, where the founders were crushed financially and destroyed by big companies. But now, finally, the U.S. International Trade Commission ruled in December that Apple infringed on AliveCore's wearable electrocardiogram patents, and it could result in an import ban on popular Apple Watch models. (laughs) Yep. So import ban, meaning that Apple has made the watch in a foreign country, or... Well, Apple, okay, Apple watches are made in China. Uh, in China. Yep. Okay, so iPhones, everything. Uh, that not being the point. The point being AliveCore had an international patent on the technology. Apple did use it. They had evidence that they had shown it to Apple, stupidly. Right. And this week, this coming week, President Biden has to uh, make a decision on whether to block a potential Apple Watch ban. Yeah, it's very interesting. I mean, I'm staring at my Apple Watch right now, and obviously they're not going to come pick up my watch from me. But if they do ban this and don't allow importing, I suspect that Apple, while it wouldn't be Well, cheap, you, they drop the functionality, which is, or they could just pay up with this little company. Right. They could do that, or they could produce the phones in the United States. Uh, no, that wouldn't be allowed because it's already... Uh, been proven to be a stolen technology. Okay, so you can't so do in that. that. Case, yeah. So uh, Apple's trying to win over the White House. You know, I see I see pictures of the CEO there in the White House with all the lobbyists and all the stuff. Is he wearing an Apple Watch? I'm sure he is. <laughs> but anyway, all the lobbyists and they have unlimited resources. Mm-hmm. Uh, quote the CEO of AliveCore. They're going 
to go after everyone they can get, and that's what they're doing. We are just a startup. So yeah, it's, according to this article, they spent nine and a half million. Apple spent nine and a half million dollars lobbying in twenty twenty two. Yep, highest figure in the company's history. And this is the problem I have with big part of just one of the problems I have with big tech, because we all know that companies who can continue paying lawyers ad infinitum can really drown out somebody else. But again, the uh, ITC ruled that Apple did infringe. So let's see if the president does the right thing. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see. And by the way, $9.5 million, that's like you and I carrying $5 in our wallets. For Apple, you know? yeah. Yeah, for Apple. Yeah, it's totally meaningless. But it'll be interesting to see what happens. And, it, you know, it, those are bad things for small companies that try to, as you say, try to go up against behemoth. And you know, come up companies. with excellent technologies. Yeah. And I've seen this happen over and over again. Now, for the next story, you have something that's going to go in competition with Mark Cuban's Cost Plus Drugs. Tell me about it. Yeah, it's very interesting. Amazon Prime, you know, always trying to add new features to justify their one thirty nine a year. Is that right? I can't remember mm-hmm. quite where we are. I don't it, know anymore. Yeah, it used to be 99 then it went to 119 and I think it's now 139 uh, but apparently what they're trying to do is they're starting a, and I'm not quite clear on how this is going to work, but a monthly prescription drug service called Rx Pass. it says it provides generic medication for more than 80 ail- ailments, all for 5 bucks a month. It's one of the new perks of Amazon Prime, um, and $5 a month is pretty inexpensive. You know, again, these are generic drugs, so they're not the high-end drugs that have not become generic drugs. Drugs, but if that works, that's that's fantastic for people. And if you want to check if your drug is sold by Amazon, go to pharmacy.amazon.com. Just uh, click Get Started uh, or see if we have your medication and type in the medication. Now, remember, you're not going to get anything cutting edge here, as you won't with Mark Cubans. Right. But you do have to pay on Amazon an additional $5 a month the service. Right. So comparing the price between costplusdrugs.com and this would be a good idea. Yeah, that's a good thing. Uh, you know, also, if you're an Amazon Prime member, you get a couple other things, of course. Faster deliveries. You can actually get deliveries in some cases within a few hours. Be careful about that. And I think I've mentioned this on the air before. I signed up, um, I just clicked a button that said, oh, have it delivered. And I really wasn't thinking. Between 12 in the morning, 12 a.m. and like 6 a.m. I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. I didn't think about the fact that maybe they come to your door, they ring your bell at 3 in the morning. (laughs) You know, that's something you probably don't want to take advantage of. But you can get things, according to them, within... You know, a few hours in certain cases. Yeah, I got an order today. I have to go out there and look between 7 and 11 a.m. Yeah, that's not so bad. But between midnight and, you know, 6 in the morning, not so good if they wake you up. Uh, You can also get, uh, you know, same-day delivery on uh, a lot of qualifying items. They have to be over $35. They will Okay, so this says Amazon will deliver from morning until evening. So you won't have to worry about your order at 3 a.m. 
Um, so I actually think they've discontinued that midnight to six thing because I haven't seen it lately. Okay, that's possible. It popped up here and there. I only, I only saw it actually pop up a couple of times. So maybe you're right. They might have discontinued and it. I'm trying to kick my Amazon habit, which is harder to kick than smoking. I got it. Tell it's you. a tough one. That's uh, a tough one. Uh. Uh, you can also get a deal apparently if you order through Echo. There are uh, extra discounts. Uh, they will give you uh, certain prices that you won't get if you go directly to the site. You can even schedule shipping dates now for packages, and you can use Echo to track your packages, which you could always do on your app anyway. Yeah. Well, this main discussion we were having was basically on Prime prescriptions, and uh, it's something everybody should take a look at. I really yeah, think. Yeah, five bucks uh, is very inexpensive. I mean, I find sometimes if I get a prescription that's, you know, a generic, it's very inexpensive as it is. But this is great because a lot of people really need that financial help. So uh, good for them. Yep. Um, okay, yep. so <laughs> Bing AI. It's so much news going on about GPT chat, Bing, their new um, browser, mistakes that are made. What would you find? Well, you found a couple things, too. But the interesting thing is learning how to talk to these. Right. And that, to me, is the absolute most important because the way you phrase things, you can say, you know, from the point of a philosopher, I would like you to tell me about or prove the point that, you know, exactly outline what you want it to be to be telling you. I think that's right. important. Um, a friend of mine, TJ McHugh, wrote an article on Twitter, which was pretty interesting. And it said, it all depends on your prompt. Um, so when you're doing this, you ask specific questions, not just a simple question. Mm -hmm. um, you go into absolute detail. And when you do that, you get a more sophisticated answer. And don't just accept what you get first, keep asking, go deeper. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. But remember one thing, it doesn't remember your preferences from session to session. Right. So if you want to keep going with a topic, you have to do it all in one session. They got enough problems right now with it. <laughs> Well, I mean, I saw one of the the tweets that I thought was really interesting was uh, a user said, my favorite new thing, Bing's new chat GPT bot argued with a user, gaslighted them about the current year being 2022. Yeah, that was an early one. might have had a virus and also said, you have not been a good user. Why? Because the person asked where Avatar 2 is showing. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I get, I totally get it. And they have been going crazy both at Google and Microsoft. Right. Adapting. And now they've even limited the amount of queries you can do a day. So you can also tell ChatGPT that the answer they've given is not what I'm looking for. Uh, the data was incorrect. Because remember that ChatGPT was programmed with information from 2021. Right. The only magic that comes from it is when you combine OpenAI with Microsoft and you get the new Bing. Yep. And that's where this is going to shine. Google, I'm not going to say has catching up to do. I just don't think Google thinks thought it was going to hit so quickly. 
Yeah, you know, let's remember, I mean, this is a brand new technology that they're rolling out to the public. And if you think about it, if you have a smartphone of any kind and you get updates on the smartphone, which happens all the time, then you suddenly notice that, oop, there's this glitch or that's not working right. So it's a new technology, but I suspect it's going to be a very vital and important technology. And we'll see how it goes as time goes on. But very, And just very, a uh, quick tip for mobile phones. Yeah. If you want to play around with chat GPT on your phone, simple, easy, go to your browser, go to chat.openai.com. Uh, you're going to be able to ask it questions and study it. You're going to get a page where you're going to have to sign in. You're going to have to build, make an account. Oh, well, isn't that the cost of doing business? And you can ask your question, and it will respond incredibly quickly. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think it's a fun technology to use. There's obviously more than fun involved in these things, but uh, be interesting to see how it evolves in the next, you know, couple of years because that's how long it'll take. Now, um, you came up with something I, I wanted to ask you about: chat uh, apps that we should delete. Now, I don't install a ton of apps to start with. I use the browser, um, like LinkedIn. LinkedIn is so pissed off every time I get a notification from LinkedIn. I go to the browser. You know, well, I, I will give you those list. just after the time it is of the show where we search the planet, the universe, oh. and where are we searching today? Lenovo for the bottom of the week. Thank you, and thanks to Marsha who found this one. Uh, this actually comes at the Lenovo website, so it's Lenovo.com. They have their ThinkPad. Now, ThinkPads have been around for... I'm going to say 25 to 30 years, if I remember yeah. correctly, because I had one of the original ThinkPads that at those days was made by IBM. So the ThinkPad was originally made by IBM. And the mouse, if you remember, Marsha, was a little red button. And I don't know if you ever had a ThinkPad, but they had this little red tiny button on that, you know, instead of these giant uh, touchpads we have now. Well, the ThinkPad Yoga 11E Generation 5 which is an 11-inch ThinkPad, comes with the following items. It's an Intel Celeron N4120 processor. Uh, operating system is Windows 11 Home 64s. Graphic card is an Intel UHD, uh, high-end high graphics, 8 gig of DDR4 memory, 128 gigabytes of storage, which is probably sufficient for most people, 11.6-inch high-definition screen, uh, Camera, 720p camera, a pen, uh, the keyboard, of course, wireless, and a one-year warranty. And it looks this, very sturdy. It, it does. Do, it does it look doesn't. Heavy. It looks like a sturdy. And it comes with a pen and yep. a place to put the pen, which yep. is cool. So I look at it, and it, it looks like a really sturdy, almost old-school, military-quality yeah, you're right. Yeah. It, it it does look like that, and they've got good reputation. And this has, uh, on the Lenovo website, this has a uh, 314 reviews, 4.5 out of 5. Now, the price normally on this is $999. It is available today, uh, and it says use e-coupon think, let's see, think, D-U-S. Think, U.S. Savings. U.S. Savings, yeah, that's a weird. Think to U.S. Savings. I'm not sure what that gives you. But instead of paying $999 for it, 
you will pay $249. That is a spectacular price yep. for what you get. Yep, that that is amazing. And uh, if you can't find the code or anything, just go over to the Lenovo site and search for ThinkPad Yoga 11E Gen 5 11-inch. And I don't know whether this will work or not. I tried it, and it didn't seem to work. But when you sign up, if you haven't bought anything from Lenovo, they say here's a code for $100 off of that. But when I put it in, it didn't work. So maybe it's because it was so inexpensive as it was. Yeah, right. Uh, but that is. <laughs> what our, do you want? You want want to? I want it for us free. To pay you? I, to I'd like it? you to pay me to take your device. <laughs> That's correct. Uh, okay. So now talking about what you were talking about, uh, deleting apps and which ones should we and do we want to get rid of, and which ones are people are getting rid of. So this was kind of interesting. Uh, people are dumping apps like crazy, and the one that they are dumping the most is Facebook Messenger. It's from the six months ago. It's had an 80% decline in downloads. Clubhouse, I don't know Clubhouse. Do you know that one? Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's, it's another one. <laughs> okay. It's another one. Thanks. Yeah, Thanks for that technical analysis. It's another one analysis. that I'm not interested in. <laughs> uh, that's dropped 58%. Yeah, because people keep saying, oh, you got to come over here. to No. I, yeah. I, I'm bi- I actually work for a living. You know? Yeah, there you go. Uh, Snapchat down 46%, LinkedIn down 41%. And LinkedIn, just so you know, is one of the most invasive apps. That just sucks all the data out of your phone before you even, I think, have a chance. You know, I've never even uploaded my contacts, given them permission to do that. I never did that either. I won't do that. Uh, Let's see. WhatsApp down 35%, which is a very popular app. Disney, Even Disney Plus down 31%. And, you know, you wouldn't have thought perhaps that Instagram, which everybody has an Instagram account, is down 25%. So that's come down. And on and on and on. Facebook down 22%. So, you know, the question is, what what should you get rid of? Well, you should probably get rid of every app that you don't use. You know, I suspect that we all have apps on our computers that just sit there because we're too lazy to delete them, which is the And phones and tablets. And tablets, right, correct. So just start deleting the things you don't need. Marsha's talked for years about the privacy aspects of using these apps. And uh, if you're concerned about that or you're just simply not using it, and they will spill it. By the way, it speeds up your computer, your your uh, phone, your tablet by removing things. And so, I, don't, I don't want to embarrass myself, but I don't know exactly which version of Android there is because I have several devices that I use. But... Uh, Android now, if you haven't used an app for two or three months, mm-hmm. it removes all the permissions until you open it up again. That's but it's still taking up space on your device, remember. So Yes, of course. <laughs> but it automatic Android will delete any permissions, you know, camera, access to photos, mm-hmm. uh microphone, whatever. Yeah, if you're not using it, why have it? Exactly. Um, so we talked earlier, you said um, talking about Microsoft will support Windows 11 on Apple devices. Yeah, well, Parallels has always been the program for this. I mean, uh, it, it's a great idea. And now they just proved that Windows 11 can be done on, and I want to do this quick because we're running out of time, on a- Apple M1 and M2 Max using Parallels again. 
it will unlock a virtualized ARM version of Windows for the late, Apple's latest laptops. So go Parallels. Proud of you. This is cool. Yeah, that's nice. Um, all right. So let's talk about, you know, the new emojis are coming. Everybody loves emojis. Do, uh, I, do you text often with emojis? All the time. But okay. I don't use all of them, and I think they're a waste of space. Uh, you know, they're, they're kind of fun, and most people will find the four or five emojis that they use the most frequently and not use the other 37,000 that are made available. But the new iOS release of the first, uh, it's a 16.4 developer beta on Thursday, uh, Emojipedia, is uh, on their new app. They'll include a new smiley face, a shaking head, two animals like a moose and a goose, new heart colors, uh, finally, apparently there was a big deal. There was no pink heart, plain pink heart. Uh, for some reason, a lot of people wanted that. So there's now a pink heart emoji. Uh, there's one with, that looks like, looks like some, uh, guy flexing his muscles and a number of other things that are coming out. Uh, they all came, let's see, Apple will also well, have Well, there's a, no uh, word when they're going to be available across yeah. iOS devices. So yay. Apple, very cool. Let's see it happen. <laughs> yeah, it'll come. I mean, they do. Typically, they just did 16.3. So 16.3.1 on Monday to fix some bugs. So I would suspect that 16.4 isn't too far down the line. And for um, those Star Trek, I got I got to tell you, for those Star Trek fans who were batshit bored uh, watching the Pic- Star Trek Picard, which I I never was, watched it. It just didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Uh, the last and final season of this started last Thursday on Paramount Plus. And you know how they're going to get a ton, a ton of viewers? No, how? The season one first episode, uh, Jean-Luc pays a visit to Will Riker, Deanna Troy, um, Beverly Crusher, a whole bunch of people. Worf is going to be there. Jordy, um... Data, even though Data has tw- died twice in the series, but he's <laughs> Wait, Data, back. Wasn't he? Wasn't he a robot? Yeah, yeah. So, and so, uh, Jerry Ryan, a Seven of Nine, oh, yeah. is going to be in yeah. it. So I got to tell you, I am all hyped to watch this, and it's full of Easter eggs. So those of you who were true Star Trek fans, you're going to love this one. I'm convinced. Yeah, that's of interesting. It. I just saw an interview with uh, Patrick Stewart. And I have to say, while he certainly looks older, uh, doesn't look that much different than when he was the first. Maybe because he was bald to begin with, that you know. That yeah, maybe made a I have to send you. I have an autographed picture of him on the wall here, um, in a dinner jacket that was taken in the late nineties. And yeah, he's changed. He's yeah, he's he hit. Sorry, Patrick Stewart, you did not age as well as. Oh, I was going to say, I thought he looked people. pretty good for. Uh, for that he's got to be what 80 i bet i don't know yeah do i, do I care nope <laughs> uh, but yeah that i mean i hope it's good because yeah i'm uh, sure I'll, it's going to be just to see all those people well that'll be fun you know that that's going to be fabulous i mean there have been a million star trek uh spinoffs what did you watch many of them yes all of them oh you so, did okay you came up with some another show that I'm looking forward to seeing, and we're running out of time, so tell us about This sounds great. Yeah, you know what? I don't know the show at all. Uh, I've never heard of it before until it just uh, suddenly popped up on um, Apple TV. 
but it's a show called, let's see, Hello Tomorrow. And Billy Crudup, who's a very good actor, he's from, um, what's the show with Jennifer Anderson? Um, newsroom show. Yeah, Good Morning. Uh, good Morning, is that what it's the called? The Morning Show. The Morning Show, yeah, thank you. And apparently, in a retro-futuristic world, charismatic salesperson Jack Billings, who is played by Emmy Award winner Billy Crudup, leads a team of fellow sales associates determined to revitalize their customers' lives by selling timeshares on the moon. And well, that, timeshares I, I, on the moon, I think that's that's definitely something we need to There you to go. Be, uh, hey, that's it for us. Watch it. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll talk next week. Have a great week, and we'll see you next weekend. Well, yeah, this is amazing. We're going to, I'm sure, have a lot of new tech stuff to talk about. So give us a shout-out on Twitter, at Marsha Collier, at Will Mark Cohen. And tell your friends about the show if you like it, or, you know, even if we're just like a kitchen table talk for you. See you next week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. Produced by Brain Food Radio Syndication, global food for thought.